Support the Amigos podcast on Patreon or PayPal and receive cool perks and rad swag. Visit our page at everythingamiga.com support. Amiga, the first personal computer that gives you a creative edge. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Amigos. I'm John. And I'm Aaron. I thought you were Sling Blade. Well, why would you think that? You look like Sling Blade. Uh, what? The way you're giving that I just want to eye sh- to the camera. I'm showing there. off the hat. Hmm. This is my Christmas gift from Crispo. What's on that hat? It just says Wimpy. <laughs> That's all you need to know. All right. Do you know what Wimpy is? <laughs> yeah. He's a guy from Popeye. Mm-hmm. And he's a hamburger establishment overseas. Yeah. Yeah. We don't got that here, do we? We don't. We've got, we said we're full. No more hamburger establishments here. What poor scumbag sent you that hat? <laughs> hey, this hat was purchased. I think this 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 hat might have been purchased at a Native American reservation. You want to explain what you're wearing? This is listening at home. Um, well, we somehow we got to talking about uh, coonskin caps. Yeah, and I said I've got one atop the Muppet over there across the room. And so uh, Aaron said you should wear it. So I walked across the room, retrieved it from the top of the Muppet, and donned it myself. Yeah. What a hat. This is the original hat. I bought this thing when I was a wee lad. And actually, before the show, we started watching some, some old home videos of me wearing the hat around. So it's true to form. It's also shedding all over me. So that's, <laughs> yeah. that's, that's an added bonus. It'll be as bald as you are before the show's over. Yeah, yeah. Aaron, today we're going to be talking about Rygar. Ooh, Rygar. Now, Rygar uh, came out, we're going to talk about, of course, its full history in 86. Um, 86, to me, was a turning point in the world of arcade games. Really? 86? Yeah. I gotta hear this. Why do you say that, Boaster? Um, 86 was the year where uh, manufacturers really started to hone in. They started to get an idea of who the two demographics of arcades were. Previous to 1986, there were tons of different arcade games with tons of different themes. You had Paperboy, you had Domino Man, you had Tapper. In 86, the guys were like, listen, the only people coming to these places are freaking teenagers and young men with nothing better to do. we got to start catering to them and them alone. All right. And that's how we ended up with a crap ton of games like Rygar, the legendary hero with with the ultimate weapon who mows down scores and scores of bad guys and does little else. Unless he's played by me, in which case his large atomic yo-yo goes for nine. That's a whole other story. Yeah, you know, so you're saying, you talk about stuff like, uh, give me more examples of, of, of like of those type of games. Uh, Renegade. You're talking, you're talking about games where, like, Double you have Dragon. one superstar killer. Right. Who we, I mean, those were around before 86. Though. No, they weren't. Not in the numbers that they were after 86. What year did Double Dragon came out? Uh, 86. Oh, really? Okay, what about uh, <clears throat> Kung Fu Master? Kung Fu Master was earlier. That was earlier, but... It was set in a far eastern land and had more of a theme going for it. It wasn't just random. Yeah, but where's Rygar set? Dude. It's set in a faraway mystical land. Yeah, faraway mystical land of nonsense. Oh, well, I'm just saying, <laughs> Rygar. You got to give him credit for having a crazy landscape. It is a crazy landscape. You know, so there, it. I. I but you, you understand what, I, what I'm saying. You're right? saying, well, I don't necessarily. Okay, agree well, with tell you. me some games after 1986 that were as inventive as the ones that I just mentioned that came from before. Street Fighter Three. <laughs> there were a lot more sequels. Listen, hey, no one's going to deny the fact that the early '80s were a hotbed of creativity. Uh, but you they got, thought they, that, they had to be creative well, because and, they had no sequels that they could build on. And people thought that arcades would be populated mm-hmm. by all different types of people. They thought that there would be you know women and men of all ages coming into these places. There and were fun. there were more of that. But eventually, I think it did settle into teenagers. Right. I mean, you're. Right. Listen, you're, I'm not gonna sit here and say you're wrong. Uh, uh, there were some real good creative games that were, that came out back in the day, uh, but it's not like a- after 80, 85 it all went out of crap. Or plus, as a young teenage boy myself, I liked these games. <laughs> I was very excited. They were for these playing games. right in your hand. That's right. That's you know. when Bad Dudes versus Dragon Ninja was. Well, I think Bad Dudes was uh, after eighty. Yeah, it was. I think it was eighty nine or so. So, but yeah. but yeah, but I mean those type. It's just Bad Dudes is just another jacked up version of the things we'd seen before. Yeah, Renegade and all that and that kind of stuff. Which again, it, 
not a bad game. No, no. You know, I don't. You, I don't want your final fight came out. No, I think I mean, that was later. I yeah, but I'm saying those games, mm-hmm. those kind of like, go that way and beat up everything. Mm-hmm. You know, it is supposed to say, I will say Rygar, at least it was, uh, it had a, it created a unique land, plus it had a very unique weapon that to play with and some unique game elements. So I, I will say that I don't think it just falls into the realm of like, you know, <laughs> just some kind of generic midnight resistance type thing where you just run around. Yeah. I mean, this is like yeah. something going on. Um, before we dive into Rygar, Aaron, let's talk about what's been going on over at EverythingAmiga.com. <clears throat> what's the Dreamcatcher been up well, to? Well, the Dreamcatcher, the man takes no breaks, and he's been at it again. He's got he's put out three different items this week, uh, Boatster. We're just going to glean over. And I've, we've both been doing christmas mania so I've not even been over to the site for a while, but we checked in before the show started to see what he had going on. So what? the first thing we're going to look at... I've got the Werewolves in London. Now, uh, do you remember who sang that song, by the way? This was uh, Warren Zevon. What'd you think of Warren? A strange cat? A strange cat. I really like that song. I like. I also like uh, Lawyers, Guns, and Money. Uh, another, <laughs> wow, uh, I forgot about that. Uh, another another great song. Um, he passed away just a few years ago, as I did. recall. He did. Uh, was it cancer that got him, but yeah. Can you remember? Yeah, it was cancer. I remember him being on, a, a, I think it was Letterman's show uh, several times. Uh, I think Letterman was a big fan of his. Uh, but all that said, uh, this particular uh, gimmick here, Werewolves of London, uh, is <laughs> Dreamcatcher digging in deep here. I'm trying to see exactly, because I haven't read this one yet. Uh, this is a, a game called Werewolves of London, apparently. Mm. Have you ever heard of this? No. This is not an Amiga game. It looks like it's something out on the spectrum. Uh, so, there's a couple. So there's a great picture of Warren Zevon in the article. Hey, that's all you need. <laughs> you know the 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 title of the album that uh, that this song appears on is called Excitable Boy. None of my business, really. <laughs> uh, this uh, the game he talks about was uh, done by Steve Howard and Paul Smith from an outfit called Wiz Design. It's definitely a, it's definitely something out on the spectrum. Uh, so if you've now have you seen the film? I, I know the answer to this. No, that sounds incredibly violent. Well, yeah. <laughs> is that the same as it's an werewolves? American, is it like an American werewolf in Paris? Uh, American is, werewolf in Paris was the sequel, the horrible bad idea. Oh, pseudo. So they are they are related. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I guess. Uh, <laughs> but I mean, I saw that, and it was not good. To be, uh, to be honest with you, it was it was his garbage. But you, but you think Werewolves in London? That's a quality film. Werewolves in London was a was a good uh, was a good uh, good movie, a really good. And it took the it took special effects to an incredible new level. The like the transforming animations, yeah, and things where, like where that. They, where they turned into werewolves. Mm-hmm. You know, it was cool. By the way, uh, as an added bit here, uh, 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 Dreamcatcher also talks with Steve Howard, who actually worked on Birds of London. Pretty mm. cool. So if you want to get in on that, there you go. Uh, the other article here, <clears throat> uh, this one I have a little more knowledge on, which is la- a game called Labyrinth, mm-hmm. based on the Jim Henson uh, film uh, adventure fantasy, uh, which I saw this in the theater back in the day. Big Bowie fan, uh, big Jennifer Connelly fan uh, as well. That was her first film. How could you already be a fan I got, of hers? I became a big fan after I saw the movie. Um. Uh, and in career opportunities, sealed the deal. <laughs> uh, but uh, uh, this was a, a, a wacky tale. Uh, this uh, didn't do well in the no, theaters. It no, was a, sort of a bomb. Uh, and uh, it's but it's one of those movies that's lingered around, mm-hmm. and it, now it's got a big you know it's a big hit now. Right. Of course, David Bowie. No, said Jareth, the uh, Goblin King. He's awesome. Jim Henson. He's got awesome Preacher hair. Sharp. Yeah. It's funny the, the the Muppets in this are my least favorite part of the film. Mm. Some of the Muppets are okay, but some of them I find quite irritating. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Muppets. I was a big, big fan of the Muppets back in the in, when I was a kid. Did mm-hmm. you ever watch the Muppet Show? Sure. Were, yeah. yeah. And it was on every night in syndication. I used to watch this every single night. We loved that show. And uh, uh, so when we heard that they're putting out movies, of course, they put out Dark Crystal. I believe it was the one that came out before this one. And Dark Crystal was a real, uh, it was a real different sort of film than I expected. I mean, it was disturbing uh, to a child. And still, it's a real dark, was, weird yeah, movie now. It's still hard for me to understand <clears throat> what's going on in a lot of Dark Crystal. Yeah. Um, it's, and it's, it, it's creepy for yeah. a kid. And, oh, kid yeah. and it wasn't really meant for kids, I don't think, entirely. Mm-hmm. This sort of went back to uh, to uh, what 
hints that you would expect from it. Although this still had its moments of darkness in it. Oh yeah, absolutely. And, and and the Goblin King was sort of creepy, and all his little minions. I mean, they were goofy. But he they was creepy kind of until he started to sing, and you know? then became less. Creepy. But uh, well, yeah. Actually, the out the uh, have you ever heard the album, the soundtrack for this? No. Pretty good. I mean, if you like Bowie, uh, it's it's pretty good. I do like Bowie. Uh, but uh, he's wearing a Lacoste sweater. And what universe is that? Is that Willow? Is he yeah. in this movie? Everyone's in it. Oh. It's got a lot of small people in okay. it. Okay. You know, so you got to have them in there. Uh, but, uh, um, of course, there were several home games for Labyrinth, including a text game. And, a, and I think there was if there's one that's like a graphic adventure game. I, think that, I don't think it was a super widely distributed game. I remember talk, we talked this one time because I remember they made the Labyrinth game at this dude's house. Mm-hmm. I, remember we talk, I, don't remember, I don't remember where this came up. What we talked about when they actually were putting this together at the dude's house. Wow. Uh, to, to, to make it. Uh, and not, I mean, they had like a portable office and just put in like his sunroom, and that's where they, they made the game. So uh, DK gets into it here, of course, with the <laughs> footage from the movie. So give it a shot. Uh, and Labyrinth, again, I, I don't know if I've ever actually played the game. Have you ever played the game, any of the games? This is uh, actually what I know of this game comes to our man, uh, Rob O'Hara, on the Sprite Castle podcast. Yep. I don't know if you heard the episode I that did. you did on Labyrinth. I did. But uh, this game starts out as a text adventure, and then it morphs into a graphic adventure. Um, and so if you could fire this thing up not knowing anything about it and just think it's a text adventure. I thought there were down. multiple Labyrinth games. Is there just the one? No, there's just the one. Oh, okay. Yeah, and that was that was sort of the secret is that this world opens up like the Wizard of Oz style black and white to color. Pretty weird. Yeah. It's a, I'm not sure that's the best way to sell your game. Probably either, not. To be honest with you. Yeah. So that would well, I'm not sure designing game. a character that looks like that's a good way to sell your game either. Also, who is that? <laughs> who are you supposed to be there? You know? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Some goof. McGoof. So there you go. That's I think that's pretty much the long and short of what's up on everythingamiga.com this week. Okay. Thank you, Dreamcatcher, for keeping the ball rolling even through the holidays. A well, much better and more uh, worthy man than ourselves. Well, we have um, we have just a couple stories from Amiga News this week. Um, <clears throat> let's switch on over to the Gamble Train. The Gamble Train is uh, sort of it's it's a it's a long mournful wail of the Gamble Train this well, week. <laughs> Because uh, the stories that we have to talk about are not—they're—they're they're not oh, too peppy. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're right. And so, um, the first one, Aaron, is uh, Chuck Peddle, inventor <clears throat> of the sixty-five hundred two uh, chip, has passed. Um, this guy, you know, there are few figures in the world of, of video games that owe as much to um, one person as, the, as, as Mr. Pedal. Um, the 6502, you know, what, what systems use the 6502? Um, the Apples, the PET, the VIC-20s, uh, the C64, those are ones that Nintendo come up Entertainment oh, System? NES, yeah. yeah. You know, it's funny, I was listening to, if, if you ever catch uh, the, uh, uh, what's it called, Retro, uh, retro Gaming Roundup, mm-hmm. uh, they did an art. They did a bit on pedal and that. And what I, did, I learned something I didn't know, which was he he'd worked at Motorola, and he was coming up with this processor, a cheap processor. And they were like, oh, "We don't want a cheap processor. Take off." Wow. And so that's what. So he went over to Moss Technology and ended up uh, hand etching this processor on like uh, on like a glass board, and then they shrank it down the whole the way they used to do stuff, you know. And uh, lo and behold, the 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 processor was born. And he was right. This was the wave of the future in a lot of ways because it was it, ma- it was that inexpensive processor that made all these uh, portable computers and video games affordable. Mm-hmm. You know, you couldn't have put them uh, uh, something that was a three hundred dollar processor. One of these things it wasn't going to fly. You know, so yeah, he his his contributions uh, to the field uh, uh, were were great. Yeah, you know, and he I believe he was eighty two. Eighty two years old. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I, guess, I was glad to see this get a lot of press this week. Oh, he does deserve it. Yeah. yeah. And uh, to learn more about the 6502, <clears throat> this is a new site to me, team6502.org. I guess it's sort of the home base for everybody that's into that that chip. And our other uh, sad story, and especially for somebody like you, uh, online bulletin board inventor Randy Seuss dies at 74. Yeah, I saw this, I saw this pop up uh, on Slashdot, I believe. And I, it's funny. I remember uh, watching the. Did you ever, I don't know if you ever saw the the, the uh, documentary. The documentary mm-hmm. uh, where they talked to. They, I believe he was in it. And but uh, uh, it's funny to think about how it was. I mean, it was the simplest way these, that the PBS was born. And then once people realized what you could do with it, of course, it, they copied the idea or he gave it out or whatever. Uh, and 
I will say thanks to this guy. I, I had a lot of fun <laughs> in the 80s. <laughs> thanks to this guy. And really, in a, in a weird way, uh, uh, it's not that weird. I mean, that you're looking at the, effectively the predecessor to the, to the internet. I mean, mm-hmm. and I'll probably take the person that that's, that is uh, where it started. You know, these little, these little networks. And I think people realize what you could do with a network like this, the importance of it. I mean, it's funny, these two fellows that passed away, both in, in, in their own ways, contributed to uh, what we have now in, on a massive social and, and uh, business network of computers because they, uh, one, allowed accessibility of those sorts of technologies to people that could normally not afford it, and then one showed the way of how to actually get these computers to to get together, speak, exchange information. It's quite... it's. It's quite remarkable, but it's sad, but uh, they won't be forgotten, that's for sure. No, no. Um, was there any attempt, I guess, you know, with uh, BBS, uh, with the actual bulletin board, like, message system, was there any attempt to move some of that stuff? Could you export stuff like that over to Usenet or anything like that? I don't know what you mean. Well, you know, like, on, on every BBS, there was sort of an actual, like, text bulletin board where people could exchange messages on yeah. various topics, right? Yeah. Yeah. Do you know? Almost, if, yeah. Do you know if any attempt was was made to back any of that stuff up, or was it just impossible? It all existed on just on your computer, and it was it was saved. So by default, it would be saved on your machine. So at whoever some point. whoever was hosting the BBS right now, would, you, when you're when you've got your like your FIDO nets and your, I mean, they had message bases that would travel between. BBSs are all over the world. You know, they every night you would your BBS would call out, and it was almost like a uh, a, a chain letter that would go around. And so all your messages eventually would get around to anyone, any BBSs that were on that network. You know, mm-hmm. so but I I don't know. I not one and some of that stuff still exists, but I don't know how deep the archives go. Uh, it would be interesting to go back. Uh, I've talked to several people that used to run BBSs, and I guess you could go back and look at what your file. Look at your BBS software and try to see what because it's probably all text based. You right. probably go in there oh, and find yeah. it all. Uh, in terms of having it saved, I don't know. It would be fascinating to go back and see what we're talking. People were talking about in the early '80s. Oh yeah, and, on BBSs and maybe the, heck, for all we know, there's a site out there dedicated to. You know how that stuff is. Mm. But it, it would be it would be neat. But BBSs and I, I did a lot more chatting on BBSs than I do. I mean, not counting Discord, but like in a public forum, I don't chat that much now because. You know, that's the, it's funny thing about Twitter. Twitter is sort of like a big, huge message base in a lot of ways. And it's way more scary to me than, mm-hmm. <laughs> because at least the other ones, if you screwed up locally, you're really hated by the people on that board. If you screw up now, if you type the wrong thing in, like internationally, you're a piece of garbage. That's true. So it's, that's true. It's, I'm almost afraid to type anything. It's like, I'm going to get in trouble again. Yeah. So I just, I just, but I'm working on it. Well, that's the uh, the end of the Amiga news for this week. Both of these stories, both only tangentially related to the Amiga. Um, but, you know, it's always a little bit slow on the news desk here around the holidays, and I'm sure things will pick back up next week. Yeah, I agree. Aaron, it's time to talk <clears throat> about Rygar. Now, you know... We we followed this pretty closely when it was when it was in production because it got announced, you know, and it was it, a little while. Uh, had you played any Rygar in the arcade, or no. had you had any? Have you ever played the arcade game? No. So have you played it now? Yes. I, I thought you just the other night. That was your first time. Uh, well, I mean, I played this since we found out, we found out we were doing Rygar like three weeks ago. But I'm talking about of the because of the way that we did the schedule. Uh-huh. So I've been playing Rygar off and on for the past three. But weeks. what I'm talking about the actual arcade. The ar- game. Yeah, the actual arcade game I just played for the first time last. That's night. what. So that's that's Rygar kind of is one of those names I would instinctively avoid uh, because it sounds like something that is exactly like what it is. Let's see, before we dip into the, uh, the the pool that is the new version. Let's talk about the original. Sure. So, Rygar, of course, is an arcade game developed and published by Tecmo. Mm-hmm. Tecmo did a lot of good stuff. Tecmo they, Super Bowl. They did, uh, including that, but they also did Ninja Gaiden. They did the WWF games, which were, I love both those. Double Dragon, uh, Bomb Jack, that was all theirs. They were a pretty big deal. And uh, this game got released. It's funny that uh, how many places this got released. And you wouldn't have thought about this. Uh, but it got released to most of the eight bits, the, the and plus the uh, X sixty eight thousand, the C sixty four, the Spectrum, the Amstrad, the NES, the Master System, the Lynx, uh, and you also had a PlayStation four version when it when one of those like compilation gimmicks, you know, Tecmo compilation. Mm-hmm. 
And so the uh, uh, Commodore Amiga AGA version is the like latest, you know, pseudo release, I guess, in a long line of these. So this is a game that got was well traveled. Uh, you have a, any, you have an idea when this thing came out in the arcade? You, want, you know exact yeah, date? Because we talked about it at the beginning of the show. Yeah. Do you know what the exact date it was? Oh no, I don't know the exact date. It was August of '86. So I'm looking well, at this. Well, that's not the exact date. Well, Why did you exact. give me the big run up at the? Okay, the August exact date? 12. How about that? You just made that up. <laughs> now, um, this made its rounds. It's funny to look at how this thing got released because uh, they cranked this thing out immediately on home systems. I like to see X68000 must have been getting stuff directly from yeah. the arcade. Yeah, I've noticed that That's with an several exciting games. system. Yeah. You know, I mean, think about that. It came out the same year. Mm -hmm. That's astounding yeah. that they would get it that quick. Uh, and the C64 got the next year. I mean, you can understand a year or two away, but in the same year, that's pretty, pretty impressive. Uh, so when this came out, uh, I remember it distinctly because it, it looked cool. I was mm -hmm. like, "Man, look at this guy! It's with the giant killer." You, His the, weapon is unique. The game sure. the game mechanic is that for fighting guys is interesting. Uh, your Rygar can can jump, and he's also got the giant killer yo-yo, which you can swing around you. Mm -hmm. It's it's interesting. Um, that's pretty much when I played this in the arcade. That was pretty much as much as I could get out of it before I was insta killed. Because I have never been any good at this game. Mm -hmm. well, it's, uh, in all fairness, it's very difficult. It is. Now, this game does have a backstory, if I, if you'll indulge me, uh, <clears throat> because I guess it's sort of pertinent. Four point. I like the uh, exactness of this. Four point five billion years have passed since Earth's creation. Many dominators have ruled all in all their glory, but their greatest enemy. But time was their greatest enemy, and it defeated their reign. And now a new Dominator's reign begins. Trojan. Yeah. <laughs> Information gleaned from console manuals reveals that uh, the evil being Ligar has taken over the land of Argor. Yeah. Like a lion and the tiger That's bred right. for magic. That's right. Hmm. He's taken over the land of Argul, and Rygar, who's a dead warrior that rose from the grave, must use his disc armor to stop him. The disc armor is that thing that spins around. Uh, so this this was just gleaned from all these different manuals. There's no official story. This is right. just what you picked up. What you pieced together. That's right. Um, so that's what you're after here. Basically, go kill go kill Ligar. It's funny because I, I of course I never got anywhere near Ligar. <laughs> no, I never saw. But Ligar. I watched people beat Ligar, and he didn't seem very. He seems like the easiest part of the game. <laughs> it's just crazy here, goofball. And he's like, go slaughter him. So I'd say, in terms of arcade hits, I would call this a. Uh, I don't have numbers to back this up, but I'll, let's say modest success. I mean, I saw it around. Okay. Uh, but I mean, and it got ported a lot. So we're going to go on the assumption that someone liked this somewhere. I was going to say, this is this is probably an easy game for an operator to pick out and be like, yeah, I'll, some people will put some quarters on this bad boy. Right, yeah. right. Um, so if we flash forward to today, uh, 2019, uh, the guys over at Seismic Mines uh, put this bad boy together. Uh, this was programmed, I'll just go through the, some of the credits here, programmed by Mick Geezer. I yeah. like it. <laughs> just the name. He's the main dude. Uh, and the uh, arcade assets, extraction, sprites, and tile data prep were done by Delf, Delfer Silver, D-L-F-R Silver. Mm -hmm. Go for that. Uh, mapping, sprites, and tiles, color reworked by Invent, music and SF, uh, and music and sound effects by DJ Mattoon. And uh, with the help from Ross on the S uh, ASM sixty eight thousand side, so you had a, four or five people working on this thing. Uh, we mentioned these are the same guys that did the uh, Bomb Jack Beer Edition, this, uh, which was out uh, last year. Mm -hmm. You know, um, this game has uh, th the thirty original levels plus additional backgrounds that make use of the AGA chipset. Uh, they only released 10 special box editions of this, which were given out to like their personal buddies or people that really helped the project. Uh, and the boxes look cool. Now, I I don't know if you did this, Boat, but one of the first things I did was line up the original... I got a video of the original arcade version of this, and I got the video of the AGA version, and I literally put them side by side, and I ran them. All right? And it is pretty astounding how accurate the game is. Yeah. I mean, when yeah. they said... Whoever pulled the sprites and did all that... Listen, there's a lot of technical mumbo-jumbo that's not my bag. I'm pulling sprites all the time. <laughs> I don't know what that means in your house. But, I mean, it is a pretty impressive, uh, complete dupe. I mean, it's darn impressive. Yeah. The music sounds right. It mm -hmm. all sounds great. Now, and something else they mentioned was that there were extra AGA uh, elements to the background. Yes, 
you can see them. Uh, yeah, uh, I can see them in a bunch of places. At one place in particular, is the very last level. Uh, there's a uh, the background is way better. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so there are some elements of this that were actually improved, I think, tremendously. Uh, it supports two buttons natively if you want it. Mm-hmm. Uh, although I tried both one and two button, and I could do both. You know, for some reason it didn't feel right to have two buttons. <laughs> well, they they reverse the two buttons from what it, they should be. Oh, yeah. in, in classic parlance, the button mm-hmm. furthest away from you should be jump, and the button closest to you should be weapon. And they reverse that because I don't know. Why. It, it's funny because not being a console guy, it didn't even occur to me. Yeah, you, you're, have, you're one button all the all the time. Well, no, the it's just I, mean, I play with two buttons, but I, maybe it's a main thing where I just customize everything. Yeah. So yeah. I, although I played this, I've tried this on the emulator and I tried it on the Amiga. And one of the reasons I did that was. I did run across some glitch, glitchy parts. That just, I mean, not anything major, but just little glitches. Mm-hmm. I want to see if I want to see if they happen on both, uh, but uh, nothing major. Just a couple of glitches here and there. Uh, apparently, after this got released, uh, there were a couple pretty good glitches that they had to deal with. But I mean, no, it, again, there was nothing major. And I should mention that this is available to download for free. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so, what are you doing this? Uh, well, you are Rargar, and you run uh, through the countryside. Or in or through caves or whatnot, and you try to kill all the bad guys and make your way to the end. It's pretty simple. At the end of the level <laughs> is a uh, I don't know, like a tribute to kung fu where you pick up the giant uh, barrel and turn it around like there's a secret door behind it, mm-hmm. and then you go in this room with these. I guess let's go with statues. They could be mosaics. There's all kinds of different different poses, or and sometimes they're not even people. Sometimes it's just like a symbol. So the, let's the, to me, this was the most interesting game or part of the game. Which that the, when the, you when you complete a level, yes, you do this dance with this with this sculpture, you know, and dance. it's almost it's almost like when you run into somebody in a hallway and you sort of shift one way and then you sort of go around each other. That's what I pictured. He's doing this this awkward dance with this. Why did they put that in the game? Well, you know what it reminded me of. You want me? To, here's my thought on it. Uh-huh. Okay. Have you ever seen Kung Fu, the show Kung Fu? No. Okay. I, is it like a Chuck Norris sidekick where no, he has the kid? No, this is David Carradine in, in, the, in the classic Kung Fu show, mm. where, uh, and, which is a great show. Anyway, <clears throat> David Carradine was... And by the way, this, this could happen to you since you're going to that monkey in retreat. True. He's, he's up there with the Shaolin, mm-hmm. and the Shaolin have this gimmick where you have to pick up this uh, flaming barrel with your forearms and one side's a, t- uh, a dragon, and one side is a, is a, a tiger. A lot, yeah, it's a tiger. And so when you pick it up, it's flaming. It, it brands your arms. Oh. And you pick it up and turn it around. And so I was trying to, in my head, when I saw the guy pick up this now, giant was it, dragon were you barrel. Doing, were you doing that to get the, the branding on your arms? Was that Well, how it pe- was sort of a test, too. Oh, okay. And so at this, it sort of it looks the same. As the, I mean, how often are you going to be picking up a large metal pot? I'm trying to think in my head, why would, you know, it's hiding a secret door. Mm-hmm. So, But, I mean, it seems like you'd figure it out. Especially because there's a lot of these secret doors. That's true. At the end of every I'm level. just saying, so in my mind, when Rygar is picking that up, he's actually like, it's he, that's the final test of the level for him to pick this up and move it. Plus, he's been through all these trials and stuff. That last part of the level, uh, that's the last test. After all the exertion you put out, do you have enough jack to lift this heavy... Okay. Iron barrel to spin okay. it around. He always does. He always has the strength. That's right. Man, but I'm telling you, when you see that iron barrel, you're a happy man. You're yeah. Like, I made it yeah. through another That's one of these, of these freaking levels. So At the end of the level, I thought that the, the the way they did the rank system was interesting. You want to talk about that a little bit? Well, it, first thing it does is it shows you all the... There's a word they use. Repulse. Repulse. It's like a, yeah. a crap load of all the stuff you've killed, yeah. basically. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then they score it. Right. You know, that's pretty much all there is to it. Is there, was there something I missed there? Is that the way? Yeah, yeah that's it, the way it goes. And it'll, it'll kick out a ton of those because mm-hmm. you kill a lot of stuff. Uh, along the way, now, I guess the first thing I should do is say, Boat, how far did you get in Rygar? I made it to, I believe I made it to the middle of the second level. Okay, I got further than you. I could get to the fifth level. Wow. Okay. Without using fifth save ra- states? Fifth round. No, I didn't have save states. It's on the Without menu. using the infinite lives code? Is there one? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. I didn't know about that. I didn't use I didn't use any code. Listen, I, I do it old school. Okay. Uh, but I, I, could I do it consistently? Absolutely not. Uh, this game is tough to be consistent in because it's just it's difficult and there's enemies coming from all over the place. Um so when you when you go out to these levels, you've got enemies that come from above. Uh, sometimes they jump off stuff. Sometimes they're dropped. Sometimes they just fly in. 
You've got the uh, critters that come in from the left and right of the screen, and you've also got uh, guys that can come dig up from underneath the screen. There's like little tunnels. Mm -hmm. uh, as you go through the game, there are many different levels uh, that we would never see right. in a million years. And that's the thing that got me, is this is a, another example. And, of course, this is like every arcade game. But some of those later levels are so pretty. It's, it's such a shame that 99% of the people that played Rygar never got to see them. It's funny because, again, I was not the, the biggest fan of Rygar in the arcade, so mm -hmm. I never bothered to look any of this stuff up. Right. I had no idea that there were vertical levels oh, yeah. in the game or yeah, games and... where you have shielding. I had no idea any of that stuff existed. Mm -hmm. um, the uh, As you go to the game, something in, in, in a, in a uh, nod to say Super Frog, there are a million pickups in this mm -hmm. game. I don't know what most of them do. Well, most of them do nothing but give you score, just like the pickups in Super the, Frog. Uh, can you explain to me, because I've looked this up anywhere. Maybe someone will check it. The, the, there, are, there are five squares at the bottom of the screen, mm -hmm. and occasionally you'll run across something that goes to that square. Yeah. Okay. Um, what the hell is that? So, uh, I've, never, no, I've never known. and it, I've, I've played this thing a million times. I have no idea what the hell those things are. So, I actually did a little bit of research. because Oh, I wasn't good. And so, I'm um, glad you did. And so, what these are is uh, you've got... The star power increases your weapon's range, so uh -huh. that's one of the things that fills up the thing on the bottom. The crown power uh -huh. increases the power of your weapon. It looks like a crown. All right. The tiger power is my favorite. That lets you jump on enemies. Yeah. Um, you can, uh, you've got the cross power, and that gives you invincibility. And the sun power allows you to have greater control over your vertical firing. It seems like these just come up randomly. Is that is that yeah, true? I think so. I mean, you can jump on your enemies anyway. You just don't necessarily kill them. Sometimes mm -hmm. you just stun them. Uh, that which that's something else in the arcade. I never knew you could jump on enemies. Yeah, like Mario yeah. style. Well, you can, and then but if you have the tiger power, not only do you stun them, you you knock them out. I never got tiger power, mm -hmm. which I want it so bad. Right. But I, I, yeah, I want to. Um, so, but I mean, I didn't know if these things anything anything to do with the uh, end game or things. So this is just basically special ones. It's weird to me. That's a weird system to me, basically, to do it that way. Randomly give these things out. Sometimes you can even get. I've I've had two come up like right almost right in a row. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, I think I'm it's like, just, well, I got them. There's you know? probably a counter, you know, the number of enemies that you've killed has something to do with really? it. I mean, there's Who probably knows? some kind of a system. Yeah, I don't know. Um, you can also get things that blow up everything on the screen, you know, if you if you, if you you touch them. And there, I guess they're just some, like, pickups that are just, like, random stuff. Because mm -hmm. I don't know I didn't know what they did. Right. You know? Um, again, comparing this to the arcade, uh, I've tried playing both this week, too. And I was as crappy at the arcade version I was at this. I mean, it, really, honestly, when I say I made it to the fifth round, that was a miracle game. I mean, it really was. I'd never done that well before since most of the time I would peter out in the third round, and occasionally I would not make it that far. I, I was going to say, I might have made it to the third round for mm -hmm. uh, one time. I was just trying to remember, but I, ne I definitely didn't make it to the fifth. No way, not a million years. Yeah, well, I mean, it's a... I, I've always found this game hard, and mm -hmm. it, and the problem that's my biggest problem with the arcade game. First, let me just say this before we move on to what we thought of it. This is an accurate, an incredibly accurate love letter to this game. Mm -hmm. If you like Rygar and you want to play it on your Amiga, you won't do better than this. This is this is as close to an emulation of the game as you're going to find. Hundred percent agree. Uh, the controls are tight. The enemies, the atmosphere, the music—it is dead on. I mean, I mean, you could not. I couldn't hardly find the difference between this and the arcade of having them side by side. The scoring looks the same. The 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 stuff at the top of the screens the same. Everything the round the font the way your extra man look everything identical. I mean I'm sure uh, someone who's a super duper expert Rygar could sit down and tell you the differences. But from having these things playing side by side, the only times I could tell a real big difference is if there was a little glitch or something. I could say okay I know what I know that's the I mean and these glitches are so small. That they won't, you won't, they don't affect your gameplay. It's just something you can see if you, if you, if you know what to look for. Uh, so when I, when I say that I think this game is super accurate game Rygar, it is. Now, at, from that we go into what did you think of Rygar? So what did you think of Rygar as a game? Sucks. <laughs> it's the worst. I hated it. It's not the worst. Clearly not the worst. It is, it is the epitome of the generic, no, it's not the epitome of the generic arcade like kill them all because the weapon is neat. Yeah. But the frequency, the, the thing that gets me is it's, it's a lot like uh, Ghouls and Ghosts, Ghosts and Goblins, where the amount of enemies that are just launched at you from the get-go, are just it's just so many. Yeah, there it's is no so learning many. curve. That's yeah. for darn sure. They're instantly on you. 
Um, and I didn't think that uh, the enemies were that intelligent. You know, they sort of fly around kind of like agony style where it's just sort of random nonsense. Um, I didn't, you know, your guy, he's not given any, I mean, you get that wall of text at the beginning, but I don't know. I feel like if you're if you're making a game called Rygar and it's about a legendary warrior, I want to see some character progression. You know, I don't want to see him just get to the end of the level and then give you your score tallies and then go on to the next level. I want to see like something happen where it's like like in Lionheart, you know, in Lionheart where you get a little bit of text, it's like he goes into the forest and then he goes to the thing. Like that would have been cool. That would have made the game more cool to me. Um the the best part of the game was where he does the dance with the metal pot. Um and uh, the worst part of the game was everything else. Well, I think you're, I think you're being pretty harsh. I mean, I think it's a, I think you nailed it early when you said it was a lot like Ghouls and Ghosts. It's a, it's a difficult game. Mm-hmm. And this is an era where these games came out and they were super rock hard, right? You know, some people like that sort of thing. I mean, p- there are people that absolutely love Ghouls and Ghosts yeah. and that sort of thing. And uh, I don't know of anybody that absolutely loves Ryder, uh, I mean, <laughs> except for maybe McGivens or whatever his name well, is. Well, I, I think I think the game is uh, it's an interesting game. I think you can get better at it. I mean, I will say I did improve as I played it, uh, but uh, it's so tough that it frustrates me because I can't get consistently good at it. And again, this is a game. It's like this game is not an enemy. If you ever played Rostan? In the arcade, another hard one. Well, it's 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 not as hard, mm-hmm. but it's still it's it's a little bit and easier it's, than it's this one. It's that same era, and it's know, it's also it's, pretty. It's also similarly looking. I mean, I think Rostan is a better game. Or I'll say that. I like uh, certainly the music's better, but uh, 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 this weapon is cool, and there's a lot. I mean, this sort of reminded me of like a Strider, where you've got the gimmicky. The you know Strider had the cool the the way he attacked and could get around. So there was, there's a gimmick to it that was that made it cool. Uh, but uh, this game is just too hard for me, and this is funny because I grew up. This is right in my wheelhouse. But it just it, and I remember playing this in the arcade and just having no luck. And so when I knew there was an Amiga version coming out, I was like, man, I sure hope they put in like a dumb guy mode or mm-hmm. something. And and there's not a mode dumb guy enough for me to uh, to get good at it. Uh, like I said, I went through and watched a playthrough of the whole thing. There's there are 30 rounds of this game, and uh, uh, so and tons of stuff I'd never seen. You know, so like you said, there's a, and there are some pretty cool levels. There's snow. I, I will say the backgrounds almost seem um, there. It's almost like say a, a Shadow of the Beast where they really don't play into the actual gameplay because really you're sort of walking across the same sort of terrain all the time. Just yeah. the background has changed, yeah. but it's still cool looking. It adds some depth to the game. Uh, you know, in terms of the way it looks. Now, let's talk a little bit about, uh, if, if you'll allow me. Please. Uh, I'd like to talk a little bit about the various ports of Rygar that are out there. Okay, okay, yeah. Did you have a chance to play any of the ports of Rygar? I didn't. I played the arcade in this. That's the only okay. ones I played. Um, the Atari Lynx got a port of Rygar. Right. It's actually quite good. Um, it is nowhere near arcade perfect. It looks nothing like the Amiga port. But Rygar himself is there. He's got the spinning yo-yo. Uh, the enemies look pretty much the same. It's very simplified. It's an easier game. Um, but the music is there. And for the time, I think it was also another one of these that came out just a year or two after the original arcade game. Um, and uh, it was I was very impressed by that. Um, the NES version of Rygar is a totally different game. It's a, they took the Rygar character yeah. and they made a kind of, um, it's been described as a Metroidvania style game where you're collecting items and you're talking to people and things like that. Yeah. It's still very, very difficult. You're not interested at all, are you? Well, you know, one thing NES did is they would do this, like Ninja Games, another one. They, wasn't, well, no, they had a couple of these where they, you'd have like the arcade game and right. they were like, that's not going to work for us. Yeah. We're going to have something more in depth for the people, right? Yeah. And so... They would uh, elaborate, or, right. or and it often would be a completely different game. Yeah, and that is, it's, it's, a, it's a very apt comparison, Ninja Gaiden for the arcade, Ninja Gaiden for, or right. Bionic Commando is very similar right, to Right, right, yeah. right. So, yeah, so I'm not unfamiliar. I, I'm not, I'd say I never played this on the NES. By the way, the uh, Lynx came out in 90. Oh, so much, there. much, much after. Well, not too. I mean, if you think about it, four years. Yeah. Uh, uh, I'm not surprised. I can see where this could be pulled off in the Lynx. You know, I don't think it's super, it's not super taxing. No. Uh, on here now, let's talk about. Uh, like I said, you played all these different versions. Did you? Since this has the AGA, the extra support for like the uh, the backgrounds, the way it scrolls, did that did that uh, have you affect your enjoyment at all in terms of the way? I mean, it is, it's a very attractive. Well, game. it's hard to know because we don't have an OCS ECS version to compare it to. Like if this guy, right? But you can compare it to the arcade. Is my point. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean. 
to me, this is, I mean, I don't know the arcade version well enough that if you put them side by side, I don't know that I'd be able to tell the difference between the two. It's that good. Yeah, it's I'll, really, really good. I, I, I have to say, I, I, I'd say you're probably right. I mean, I think I think they did an excellent job, uh, and the extra. I've heard some people ask, like, why is this AGA? And I think we we broached that a couple of days ago. We were talking about it, and I think they strictly use the AGA stuff for, for the to, to make the, the backgrounds more attractive. I don't mm-hmm. think, it, and and it worked. I mean, I. Could this game run on a, on a uh, uh, Amiga One Thousand? Probably. I, I wouldn't be surprised. You could you could have some form of this game on the One Thousand. Yeah, no, yeah. No I mean, it may it. not be as attractive, but yeah. I mean, it's not like the it's not anything super uh, spectacular. I uh, got on the Lemon Boards, or let's take that back. The EAB uh, message base. I was looking at some stuff on this, and apparently, this game already has already gotten a review in a French magazine, and I believe they gave this a seventy nine percent. And uh, uh, they also, uh, Lemon people give this an 8.21 on their scoring. Now, I don't think these scores are, uh, I don't think these scores are uh, aimed at the actual guys that made this game. No. I think it's sort of like us. Uh, The actual effort from these men is off the charts. Right. I give the conversion 100%. Yeah. I mean, it is top shelf. Me too. And I love it. And if if I was a big Rygar fan, I'd be set. You know, I would love to see. Like, I'm a much bigger fan of like uh, uh, these other games the, uh, of of that era. Uh, I would love to see some. Conver- you know what I'd love to see since we're doing techno. How about bringing us all a good wrestling game over and having WWF superstars come over? That, that's something you might be able to do on the Amiga. Boy, Lord knows the Amiga needs a good wrestling game. It does. Yeah, it desperately and, does. Uh, yeah. So let's start that campaign right but now. But there, there are plenty of these run and fight games that mm-hmm. you could bring over. Uh, I don't know what these guys are after. I mean, since they gave this game away, I don't know if they're going for just it's just stuff that they I like. I think it's just their hobby. Like, did you ever play the other game that they that they brought over, uh, Bomb Jack? Were Were you a fan of that in the arcade? I never played the arcade version. I played the I played the arcade. I played it multiple times on Mame. It's a good game. Yeah, you know. It's yeah. so I think these guys are just bringing over the stuff that they like. Yeah, and that's great. But I wish I had the power to do that, mm-hmm. as opposed to just being some uh, consumer. Right. But yeah, that's just not the path I went down. Uh, uh, we did have one. Uh, did you want to talk about some more reviews before? We yeah, go, go ahead. Okay. Um, Chris Folds says. A fan-made port of the arcade classic. It plays well with decent sound and graphics. What is AGA about it? I'm not sure, but this is a fan project. I guess it made the port easier, which I respect. I'm still no fan of the game in any guise and find it pretty difficult, but it's a great port that deserves attention. 7.5 out of 10. I think, there you go, Folds pretty much summed up what we yeah, said. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's a tremendous effort. Uh, like I said, the AGA, I think, was specifically, they used the, the AGA's abilities on the, on the background. But it, it all looks it all looks nice. Like I said, in, in a lot of ways, I noticed there were color changes too, in a couple areas. And they all everything that they changed were, in my opinion, this is just for me, the better. Was for the better. Mm-hmm. I, I thought the color they had on a couple levels sort of it, you would lose the sprites in in the mix. And I thought that they went with a sort of a darker color that helped right. in the sky. Mm-hmm. And I, I, of course, you never know. It could have been. You never know with color because right. we all see it a little bit different. But uh, that was a good that was a good move. The backgrounds actually added to the in some areas a lot. You couldn't notice it as much in some areas. But overall, I got nothing bad to say about it. I thought it was top shelf. Of course, this is not available on eBay because it's a freebie. Uh, go grab this and add it to your collection free. Hey, that's the thing. You know what? This is a heck of an effort. And by the way, it's free. Mm-hmm. So my hats off to the to the guys over at Seismic Minds and to keep them coming. I, I, you are appreciated. All right, Aaron, let's talk a little bit about what's been going on on our uh, YouTube channel, huh? Okay, sounds good, man. So, um, first up, uh, why don't you talk about this uh, Coco Plays that you did here on Buzzard Bait? Yeah, we, you know, I'm trying to go back and pick up some of the games that we covered that we that I didn't get to do a plays on, and this one was the first one on the list, was Buzzard Bait, which, we, uh, uh, which is a uh, clone of Joust, uh, a pretty good clone of Joust, and... What made this one memorable is that the fellows that did it uh, went on to actually do the Atari uh, port of Joust to the Atari ST. So they went from doing a clone to actually doing the actual game, hey man. which I thought That's was really—I thought that was real neat. So yeah, I'm going to be buzzing through some Coco and Amiga plays in the next few weeks. I've got uh, this most of this week off, so I've got a lot of different games planned. So this was the first one on my list. 
Uh, let's see. There's a couple of these that we can't go into yet because they still have not been released, but you have done some plays on Crystal City, Outhouse, Gunstar. Yeah, Gunstar, which uh, we'll be uh, announcing. We'll talk more about that on the Coco Show, but if, uh, Gunstar is a game that's uh, uh, upcoming, and we're going to actually be debuting a, a, a long playthrough of the game uh, on New Year's. And uh, uh, I've been talking to the fellow that, 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 that's coded the game, Nick Morantes, and he's a real nice guy. And we're working with him, and we're going to be we're getting the, the we're going to be the guys debuting this thing wow, to, to on the New world. Year's Eve, you I said. mean, there's little there's little snippets of it out there, but but I play it through to the all the way to the to the beginning, to the, the bitter fourth, end, to the fourth level. The, no, we don't. The fourth level is a mystery level. No mm, one gets to see that one yet. Okay. So that was fun. Um, out uh, the uh, other ones that are on the list are just some stuff that we've touched on. A couple were touched on this week, and then we also did a I did a uh, uh, you know we covered edutainment games mm-hmm. on ARG this week, boat, and so. The game I played, it's happened to also be on the color computer, which is uh, Donald Duck's Playground uh, for the color computer. And so I put up just a, just a uh, uh, just be playing the game on here, and uh, I'm actually going to do a review where I'm, I'm going to do a, a commentary playthrough of this on the Amiga. Oh, it's, I thought it was neat that these shared uh, that these platforms shared this game. So yeah. I'll be going back and doing an Amiga Very one cool. uh, sometime in the next couple of days as well. So yeah, I've been I've been uh, pretty busy trying to get some stuff cranked out. And finally. Uh, I played last night randomly, was scrolling through the old Game Boy Advance library and came across one of my favorite games of all time, WarioWare Mega Micro Games. You ever have a cup of coffee with this one here? I have played WarioWare games. I don't know if I've played this particular This is one. the original. This was for the Game Boy Advance. And uh, WarioWare is uh, fantastic. If you like a little, literally like three second games, uh, there are hundreds and hundreds of these little games that are all played right in a row. And uh, and it was just a good time. I was hanging out with the chat and uh, and and playing some WarioWare. So you can check that out if you're interested in the Game Boy Advance. It's I didn't, I never knew that that game actually debuted on the GBA. Oh yeah, oh That's yeah. Kinda, and the original is still my favorite. We've got the Wii version of this. Yeah. Uh, and it's a, it's a lot of fun. It is. They're they're all a lot of fun. Yeah. They're they're, they're it's dopey, moronic uh, sorts of. of That's a good my kind of game. And there you go. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> all right, Aaron. I think we've done everything. We, we We've made done it, it all. Through. We made it through the show. <laughs> we made it through New Year's. We made it through Christmas. Man, this has been a heck of a week, hasn't yeah. it? Yeah. Uh, we are recording the show a little bit early this week. Um, because, a little bit early. Yeah, yeah. It's a little <laughs> bit early uh, because uh, I'll be out of town next week. So we are going to give more people a chance to write in with their guesses on uh, the uh, New Year's Eve uh, Patreon Song Challenge. So there will be no Patreon Song Challenge this week. However... Of course, I will always read the names of our Patreons, and they are Zorglub, Iron Wolf. You know what, Aaron? Why don't you read them? I'll make it real big for you. I'm not a senior citizen, Boat. There you go. Thank you to our supporters, Zorglub, Iron Wolf, uh, Jorgen Ganassen. How's that? That's pretty good. Terry Howard, Reflexion, Simon Lech, Captain Crispy, Kilobytes and Caffeine. I like that. Mike W. Decker, Threepwood, Gary Heather, Free Lunch, Kate Fox, David Pickford, Cameron Armstrong, Andy Jones, Lob Sterminator, Craig McKellen, 10-Minute Amiga Retro Crash 10 Mark for short, Bernard Quinn, Retro Man Cave, Tim Drew, Simon Rose, Joseph Harrison, Kyle Etter, Rob Flack O'Hara, Howard Nibbs, Matt, Evil Matt Laramore, Andy Craig, Shonzo, Darren Lomax, Colin419, The Bark Bit, Roland Burke, Andrew Monks, Joe the Zombie, John Cook, Leaf Kalan, Alan Kebab, Chicote, Level Lord, John Marshall, our buddy in Charleston, mm-hmm. Matthew Perron, Ricky DeRocher, The Creepy Dead Boy, mm-hmm. Figgy, CTZ, The Slow Norris, Stefan Sogard Mortensen, Edvin Helen, Blindo75, Christopher Hassel, Robbie Abbott, Chris Foltz, Dreamcatcher, Laurent Giroux, Graham, W, Vebke, Lane Denson, Adam Battersby, O'Brien's Retro and Vintage. Did you see all the the spittle that came out of my mouth to get that one it's out? It's easy to make, let the spittle fly. Yeah, you got to. Gary Hucker, The Huck, C, Brian, Jones, Paul Harrington, The Dunk, Duncan Styles. Tapes from the Crypt, mm-hmm. Josh Nan, 
Adam Bradley, Jonas Rulo, the THT, Eric Nelson, Kim, Tommy, Hermestad, Daniel Bingston, the Brutal One, Brutal Barracuda, Darren Coles, Jason Warrens, Pixels at Dawn, and Kilborn Barman. Awesome. There you go. Good work. Man. Thank you. Good work. And of course, we wouldn't be anywhere if it weren't. That's true. We we still be doing the show. We're really not anywhere now. <laughs> but <laughs> I also want to thank all basement. the fine folks who uh, have been uh, who have subscribed to us through Twitch. Uh, if you enjoy the show and watch us on Twitch, you can also subscribe to the channel through there. <laughs> like Duncan Styles, people, Wolfist Twenty Two, Go To Go Sub, Pixels at Dawn Gaming, Tanner Mirabelle. The Slow Norris, Anguish Autour, Muggy Seven, Barkbit, Paco Tukale, Brother Bill, Still Adolescing, Macintosh <laughs> Librarian, Mohawk Mall, Tapes from the Crypt, G Vebke, Rule of Thirds, Chris Folds, Silver Streak 72, Rushi MSX, Frodo NL, Donovan, Gary Hucker, The Project, Brutal Barracuda, I Am Paul H, and L Curtis B. Thank you guys lovely. so much. You're all lovely. All right, Aaron. Next week, it's Shooter Week on Amigos. All right, what do you got? Apidia. Okay. Yeah. Uh, this one I know. This one, I uh, love of it. course, every week, uh, the game that we play is voted on by the Amigos Game Selection Committee. Uh, if you would like to become a member of that committee, uh, check out our page over at patreon.com slash Amigos Podcast. And it was originally suggested to the committee by none other than Chris Folds himself. All right, the man who bought me this fine hat. That's right. That's right. And, of course, we thank everybody that's watching live now on Twitch. Pixels at Dawn Gaming, Rushi MSX, Ricky DeRocher, Lobsterminator, Picard 2010, Jan Holbro. Um, Rule of Thirds Mr. Is Cola. Mr. Cola. Uh, and everybody that's lurking around. And the rest. And that's what you're saying. And the rest. And then they add that to Yellen's Island when the cast became like a cast of thousands. And the rest. Right. The rest, that's when you know you're screwed. <laughs> that's when you turn the dial to the right.